Star Wars 7x7 episode 3159. Today, it's the second half of my conversation from 2017 with Kevin Yost, a senior editor at Lucasfilm. Punch it! Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So as I was saying yesterday, I'm getting excited for Mandalorian Season 3 with all the clips on social media, the teasers and the trailers and whatnot, and I got nostalgic for a conversation that I had a while back with Kevin Yost, who is a senior editor at Lucasfilm. He works on trailers, he's been doing Bad Batch stuff most recently, but he's done stuff for The Mandalorian and for The Clone Wars and Star Wars Resistance and of course Star Wars Rebels, which is the thing that inspired this particular conversation. Now, I know at this late date, <laughs> it feels like talking about the mid-season trailer for Star Wars Rebels Season 3 is, you know, kind of out of date in a way, but as it turns out, the stuff that's in this trailer is all very relevant to Star Wars storytelling that we have happening right now. Sabine Wren takes the Darksaber to Mandalore in the second half of Season 3 of Rebels. Grand Admiral Thrawn is pursuing the Rebels actively, and we believe that Thrawn is going to be showing up in Star Wars storytelling in the near future. Then there's Saw Gerrera trying to figure out what happened on Geonosis, and we just saw Saw. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just saw Saw in Andor recently, so yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And then, of course, the stinger at the end of that trailer is Obi-Wan and Maul from the Twin Suns episode, their final confrontation. So that is part of the conversation I have with Kevin Yost, and it's not necessarily the way that that trailer might have ended. So we're going to talk about that, talk about Easter eggs that hadn't been discovered in the trailer how Kevin keeps things fresh from himself as he's reviewing the same footage over and over and over again during the editing process, and much more. So without further ado, here is my conversation from 2017 with Kevin Yost, senior editor at Lucasfilm. Are you able to keep it fresh for yourself? I mean, what do you have to do in looking, you know, from version to version to version? You know, what do you have to do for yourself to be able to step away and be able to look at it with clear eyes? Um... I think sometimes it's as simple as just walking away for the evening and, and coming back the next day. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I'll look at, at the at the timeline as I'm building this and kind of be stuck on a, on a structure moment and, and realize, like, oh, why did I do that? I should easily just move these two shots around and add this dialogue line and everything falls into place. <laughs> um, it could be as simple as that. But but in, keeping, in terms of keeping things fresh with Rebels and with... Clone Wars. I mean, it's it's Star Wars every week. It's fresh, you know. And I just get it all dumped on my plate all at once, and <laughs> and so that's a lot of fun. So I'll spend you know two days looking at all these episodes and breaking them down for my use, and it's it's just great fun. I love that. I totally look forward to those moments, and so uh, it's it's totally fresh for me that way. In terms of of looking at an edit and keeping it fresh. I think once once it gets moving and, and I get the rhythm of everything, you know, I, I just, if I get sort of bogged down with one thing, and, excuse me, had the hiccups, if I get bogged down with one thing and and I don't feel like I'm being creative on, on one element, I'll just move on to something else. Maybe I'll spend some time uh, finessing the music or, or sweetening the sound effects or, or building 
a moment in the trailer, like the Obi-Wan moment. Like if I got stuck on something like, I think to myself, well, I know I want to do this Obi-Wan moment, so I'll just work on that. And so I'll create that moment and, and create the music and the sound that goes with that. And then usually by the end of doing something like that, I sort of mentally clear my brain and come back to other things and keep that fresh. Is that what you meant? You, you meant in terms of creatively keeping things fresh or just looking at, at, at Rebels and thinking, I've seen it 200 times, it's not fresh to me. Is, is, is that sort of what you meant? Yeah, more about your process, about you know, being okay. immersed in the material and how you're able to, you know, being exposed to it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. How are you able to keep your own objective process in place and be able to step back and, and look at it and say, okay, I need to, you know, step away. I need to sleep on it and, you know, have it, you know, fall into place while I'm, you know, working it out in my brain as I go through my REM stage mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Because, yeah, it must be fantastic to be able to absorb all of that, <laughs> all of that season to be able to binge it all in one shot. But I also, you know, you know, I've, I don't get the benefit of seeing final episodes. I'll see, oftentimes I'll see little, not quite stick figures, but I'll see stiff renditions of, of Ezra moving around and, and the dialogue's all there, but the, the, the fine animation and the color isn't there. So I, do, I get story, but I don't get the full, the full experience that you would get when you watch it on, on TV. But yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. And... I guess looking at it so often, it helps me get familiar with the material and then and begin to break it down into into bits and pieces. And and that's sort of as an editor or specifically a trailer editor, you you really sort of you're not kind to the material. You look at the material, and I'm looking at at these episodes. You know, first and foremost, as a trailer editor, and secondly, as a fan. As a fan, you know, I'm, I'm giddy as can be that I'm watching this, but as a trailer editor, I have to sort of look at this and go, is this a moment I can use in a trailer? Is this a moment I can build on? Is this a moment or is this uh, an image that's going to help me push the story in the direction that I want to do? So I'm, I'm, in, a, in a very simple way, you're, you're sort of disrespectful, if that's a way to put it, to the footage in terms of how I pull it apart and take things out of context because oftentimes in a TV show or a movie, a scene develops over the course of a, of a couple minutes or a handful of minutes to get an idea. But in a trailer, I have a very short amount of time. So I think, how can I convey this idea or this feeling in a really short, powerful way? And sometimes that involves taking a couple things out of context or drastically cutting down the conversation to really the, the nuts and bolts and then maybe punctuating it with something that sort of uh, illustrates it in a certain way. <clears throat> so I'm trying to think of, of specific moments. And you know, if we, if we could backtrack to Clone Wars, there's a moment... Uh, back, I think it's season three of Clone Wars, where uh, Asajj Ventress is is basically uh, betrayed by Dooku, and there's sort of this whole conversation that she has, and and there's this back and forth, and I can't really, I want to get that point across, but to put that into the trailer at that point in time completely brings things to a screeching halt, 
So <laughs> how do I do that? So the best way to do it is to really sort of get across the point where the emperor says, you know, your apprentice, eliminate her. And without sort of getting into the back and forth that, that Asajj has with Dooku, I can just have her say no, and then and re- an angry uh, Dooku firing lightning. And granted, all three mm-hmm. of those moments were from different parts of the show, but they tell me, they tell that story or that moment, they get it across in, in basically three beats. So that's oftentimes how you have to treat things in a trailer is, and that's what I mean by being disrespectful. Sometimes I have to take that stuff and, and how do I tell that what I want to tell in 10 seconds as opposed to a minute? You know, taking a minute storyline out of a show and go, how does how can mm-hmm. I get so? It does make a lot of sense, and I understand what you mean by saying mm-hmm. that you're you know disrespecting the footage in, in a sense. It's not, it's it's more disrespecting the context, or and maybe even disrespecting is wrong. Is it's just ignoring it. It's saying that now all of these elements are context free. And right. now you get to, you know, tell, you know, tell that story in almost vine-like fashion. You know, it has to be in six seconds or less. And I imagine the way that you describe that one scene um, or, you know, taking those three particular elements, you know, with Sidious saying Eliminator and her saying no and Dooku shooting lightning, like that probably happens all in the space of two seconds, I would imagine. Yeah, probably, yeah, if, if, if you remember that moment correctly, yeah. And um, it, actually, it's bizarre because on the podcast, we do a Clone Wars briefing. We're doing flashback sorts of things and going all the way back to the Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. last Saturday, <laughs> on the 14th, I did that episode, Night Sisters, which is exactly that episode where Sidious tells Dooku to get rid of her and... He orders the tactical droid to destroy the ship that she's on where she's having that fight with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And so, and that's when she finds out through the communication with Dooku that he's ditching her. But then it's much later in the episode that he is having the fight in his palace on Serrano with um, Ventress and the other two Night Sisters, and they've been disguised. And at the end of the battle, he uses his force lightning to throw them out a window. So... Yeah, uh, it's actually very fresh in my mind right now, as it turns out. Yeah. I get, you know, again, taking things out of context or, or using material not as it was intended to play out in the show and using it for my devices. Because you kind of look at, well, an explosion is an explosion, a ship fly by is a ship fly by, or a saber ignite is a saber ignite. And it, you can sort of break these elements down into just sort of, you know, basic pieces of a puzzle that you can put together. Got it. So were there scenes, I mean, you mentioned the hammerhead scene, you know, that arriving mm-hmm. out of hyperspace earlier. Were there yeah. scenes that you saw um, as you were going through in the material where you said, oh, this absolutely has to be in there? And if so, w- what were those scenes? Can you give us a couple of examples? Um, you know, some of it are just personal. Like, I, I love watching the ghost fly. So anytime the ghost does a really cool dynamic move, it's it's going in. So mm-hmm. I guess probably about a little more than halfway through the trailer, you know, after we see um, Sabine ignite the the dark saber, there's a great shot of the of the ghost 
flying over the hull of a ship and it, it does a barrel roll and it's followed by two A-wings and it's, it's going into battle. Like those kinds of shots to me are so beautiful and they're sort of you know, operatic, if you will. So I love using shots like that. Um, Sabine lighting the saber, you know, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this is going in. And, it, and, and that was, and that, um, backtracking, that's an example of a shot from an episode that wasn't finished, but we were able to get that single shot for the celebration trailer. So you'll find that shot in the celebration trailer, but that's the only shot from that whole episode in that trailer because <laughs> nothing was done. Um, and then I think obviously it was, is the Obi-Wan moment. When I saw that, I thought this is, this is going in, but that also was congruent with, with Dave saying, it's okay to use that. So, you know, him saying, giving me the green light to go ahead and use that moment, you know, made it that much better. Mm -hmm. And that's becoming a thing with trailers too. This, the whole idea of having a stinger at the end of this, like, mm -hmm. um, is this something that you, you necessarily set out to do? I mean, how important do you think it is to have that kind of moment in a trailer in general? Um, I think with with any trailer, it sort of all depends. I think there was a period a number of years back where almost every trailer had it. And I guess a lot of trailers have it. I mean, you, you sort of find it in, in comedies a lot. Um, but I don't necessarily intentionally go in thinking this is going to be the stinger. It's just sort of how the, the, the piece ends. And, and sometimes it's it's just a simple matter of boy, I didn't get a place to put this moment in. It's really good, so I'll just put it in after the, after the title. It could be as simple as that. Or um, it could be uh, a great way to sort of close out everything, like when, when Han Solo says, Chewie, we're home. Mm -hmm. That's great because it's, it's, he's really, you know, he's literally saying what we as fans are thinking as we're looking at that. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're back. And he's just, you know, putting into in his own words what we're basically thinking. Um, so that works great for that. And you'll and sometimes you know with with horror movies it'll it'll be a, a final, you know, scare moment. Um, but specifically for for Rebels and my work with Clone Wars, it has allowed me to, when I've used it, it's allowed me to get in these moments. Like I said, that I couldn't fit in somewhere else but I can put here to sort of continue telling the, the larger story that, that's going to happen and sometimes uh, you know I think if I had put Obi-Wan into the body of the trailer it would have come to a, a complete screeching halt and I would have nowhere to go from there mm -hmm. so I sort of have to you know, use it in a point where I can build up to this moment and then holy smokes, they're on the run, things are going really bad, and oh, by the way, remember this guy, and there's this epic moment that's going to happen. So it, it works for me for there. And, I, and, you know, some stingers sort of happen at the end of sort of a montage, and others happen after you go to title and you come back from that, but this, this certainly worked in that respect. And actually, in an early version of this, I had a stinger much like what you're talking about in a traditional sense. So we would go, right after that, we went to title and then I came back with 
the moment where Kanan jumps over the chasm, lands, and and Saw says, "Oh, I always forget they could do that." And that sort of moment. And he goes, "Yeah, but he's no no uh, Skywalker." And I heard that, and that was sort of a, a fun sort of moment. So what that allowed me to do was sort of again bring in Saw Gerrera to sort of remind you that there's tie-ins to Rogue. It it brought in a, a Jedi moment which we didn't have a whole lot of in the trailer. It brought in Kanan, um, so and, and it also brought in some humor. And, I mean, what's Star Wars? With, I mean, Star Wars has humor, regardless of how serious it gets or how dark it may seem. There's always some lighthearted moment. And that allowed me to get that all of that in at that last moment. But as we were working on it, it turns out that um, marketing was coming out with, with that bit on an online uh, tease for the for the show. So if I were to use it, it's kind of a, a repeat. It's like, oh, we've already seen that. It doesn't really have any meaning. So I just pulled it out. Gotcha. So. And it almost doesn't seem like it fits, I guess, with the overall story that you're trying to tell in a way. I mean... It, you know, because of the darkness of this particular season, you, I mean, you definitely have humorous moments, like as you sort of begin the second act of the trailer, when you have Sabine and Ezra flying to Mandalore, and, and she makes mm-hmm. that comment about, hopefully they won't shoot us down, and Ezra laughs, ha, 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 oh, wait, you're serious, right? I mean, the comedy right. is still there, but mm-hmm. to end it on, the, uh, on that Skywalker scene, too, that almost seems to take the edge off the seriousness of the trailer, which maybe it's okay to have that, you know, pressure release, but I, I, I feel like that's one of those happy accidents, those serendipitous moments that occur that you, when you find out that somebody else is going to be using this and you say, Oh, I, all right, I guess we're going to pull this one out. It mm-hmm. feels like it ends up working out perfectly for the tone of the trailer by it ending exactly where it did then. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, that's just a great moment to taking advantage of a, of sort of a restriction that we had and it just ends up making it better. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you know, addition by subtraction, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And you just sort of have to recognize those moments. And, and I didn't go into it thinking, okay, now I have to find another moment to add as a stinger. Just, we took it out. And then as I sat back and looked at it, I was like, aha, this, this is much cleaner ending it this way. And it almost feels, you know, sort of Force Awakens-ish in the sense of, say, the comments that um, the first writer, Michael Arndt, had made about when he was trying to bring Luke Skywalker into the story, and every time he did, the whole thing would screech to a grinding halt, and that it would be Uh all about, well, wow, what's going to happen with Luke? And so that's why he ended up more or less removed from the story, and the story ended up being developed into a search for Skywalker, and that he shows up at the end of it. And it sounds like you almost had a very similar experience with trying to think about the Obi-Wan Darth Maul scene and how to work that in and ultimately realizing that your whole story would screech to a halt as well if you tried to wedge it in there. There's that, but then I think we also have to remember that it's it's not the Obi-Wan story. It's a story about the rebels. So I think, to your point, if we were to put uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi into this, into the middle, and if let's say if I use that as a, as a break point in the middle... Then all of a sudden, for the for the remainder of the trailer, you're thinking about Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. So, you know, as as Dave is very quick to point out, this is this is 
about the rebels. It's not the story about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, granted, he looks to be as if he's going to make an appearance, um, but we have to remember that it's it's about them and about their their journey and their their uh, their quest, if you will. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and there is actually one very brief shot that you popped in there that I think was meant to sort of you know, presage that ending with Obi-Wan. There is, mm-hmm. I think, one very quick second that looks like it's on Tatooine, and I uh-huh. think it is Maul walking, basically, through the desert, and you just get the sense of, of the place, but it happens so fast, and it's part of that sort of montage toward the, you know, the final act of the trailer that mm-hmm. it manages to drop that moment in and create that heightened anticipation as you jump from scene to scene and, oh, that's going to happen too. Oh, that's going to happen too. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny. I, at that moment, I also, you hear Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you listen carefully, he says dark shadow. So I tried to sort of hint to who that could possibly be without hitting you over the head. But I was more surprised. Mm-hmm. Like People didn't pick up that there's twin sons like in the shot right before that no one's talking about the twin son i guess they i guess they're too amped up about the dark saber and all that kind of stuff which is fine i mean I think you, you'll <laughs> uncover things as you watch it i have a um, feeling there's a level of a level of subtlety to it that um it would surpass even the most obsessive star wars person trying to dissect this thing mm-hmm. well i'll do i'll do a lot of things with audio um, I'll add sort of sound effects or, or or dialogue in there and sort of bury it in there. So at, at the very end of the trailer, uh, after as we see Obi-Wan strike his pose, there's this sort of swelling of a sound effect that I have. But I also have, uh, you can hear, if you listen carefully, you can hear uh, Darth Maul yell Kenobi or scream Kenobi. Oh. So that's, that's something in there as well. So it's things like that, or, or as we see, you know, through that montage, we see this, this lone figure out on the desert. You know, that's, if you listen, you hear the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from the, the Holocron. You hear him saying Dark Shadow, and it's sort of echoed out there. Is that Kenobi scream taken from dialogue from a future episode, or is it taken from previous um, Rebels or Clone Wars stuff? Let's just wait and see. How about that? Fair enough. Fair I enough. I can't give all my secrets away. No, not at all. And, oh, but see, and that okay, and that sort of maybe that sort of ties into something where when we were talking about taking things out of context and and trying to get the same point across. Um, if I if I if you'll indulge me, going back to the Clone Wars and, and we were doing the the Boba Fett trailer, mm-hmm. uh, at the very end, you you hear, you know, you signed on to kill Jedi, do it. Now, those, there's two lines taken out of context. Like, when she says, you signed on to kill Jedi, she's actually delivering that to a completely different character. But if we hear that over black and we fade up up to her whispering to Boba Fett, do it, it has a completely different impact. And, right. and that was sort of what I was driving for. I, said, oh, I didn't really have anything that sort of tied into whole, this whole mythos of, of Boba Fett. We know that you know, he has the Jedi braids on him and everything. So, but if I can cobble this together, I can, I can tie into that mythology of Boba Fett in this, in this moment. So, anyway. 
No, that's terrific. Thank you very much for doing that. You've Complete been so generous. Complete random time. thoughts by me. No. <laughs> it's, it's all of a piece. It really is. Um, uh-huh. I just have one or two more questions if you, if you still have the time to do it. And I promise uh, sure. they're comparatively short. <laughs> that's um, okay. So you've talked about the process, and I'm wondering if you could, if you have a ballpark of this, from the time it takes, you know, the time it takes to actually complete a draft of the trailer that you feel confident enough about sharing with the team. Uh-huh. You know, once you've had all the meetings, like how long does it take from, you know, from the beginning when you get the raw material to when you actually deliver a version that you share around and you say, all right, this is my, you know, this is my first pass. What do y'all think? Like, how long does it take you to do that? Um, it varies. Um, in the theatrical world, sometimes you'll have as little as a couple days to do something. And, and that could range from a couple days to a couple weeks, depending on, on what's going on. For Rebels, um, they usually give me about five to eight days to do it. Mm-hmm. And that ranges. I mean, sometimes there's been times when I was working on Clone Wars, I started cutting something on a Monday, and they said they wanted to see something on a Thursday. And again, that wasn't just for two hours of footage. That was for for six hours of footage I had to dig through and and create a trailer. Um, For this particular one, I had about, once I started cutting, it it runs about four to five days. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's prep work involved. There's um, watching the the episodes, breaking the episodes down, looking for music, uh, things like that. And that, that takes up a fair amount of time as well. So it, it really all depends. And, and they, I've been lucky that they've given me, you know, some, some wiggle room to get things done. And, and we have, we get started on things far enough in advance that, that if I need to take a week to do something, I can take the week to do something. I think like anything creative or mm-hmm. whether you're, you're writing an essay for homework or you're making, doing a painting or uh you know, building an engine for your car. Sometimes it, sometimes things go faster. Sometimes things take a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, again, I, I'm I'm fortunate that they give me some some time to to dig into this and and get it done. Do you find that there are occasions where you catch yourself watching the material and you suddenly realize, wait a minute, I'm not breaking this down. I've just gotten lost in in the pure enjoyment of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really hard not to. Um, fortunately, um, the, the machine I use to edit with is an, is an Avid, and there's buttons on the Avid. As the episodes are in the Avid, as I'm watching them, there's a button on my keyboard that I can hit that creates a marker in the footage, and I just have them color-coded, so I have ver- various colors for various things that happen. So I'll just have leave my hand on the keyboard, and as as a good dialogue line happens, I'll hit the marker for the dialogue, and, and as a good visual happens, I'll hit a marker for the visual. So I'll do that, and then I'll go back and rewatch, and then pull those selects. And again, that's me watching the footage, so it helps me get familiar with it. But it's easy. But the great thing about it is. I can just rewind it and go and watch it again. <laughs> and then I'll watch it I'm like, okay, now I got to put my trailer hat on and watch this. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, as anyone can attest, like when you're watching this, it's, it's so much fun to see where these characters go and where the story goes. And, 
And I don't approach it as a kid's show. I just approach it as this is Star Wars to me. It's not a, I don't look at it as a kid's show. I just look at it as like these are characters in Star Wars. This is their story arc. How am I going to treat that? And, and as a fan, as a trailer editor, and, um, you know, I try to, to put something together that um, if I was a fan watching this that I would get excited about. And so that's, that's what I try to do. So what is it like for you to see the reaction of fans around the world? I mean, people get ecstatic about these things. And certainly over the years, now that it's become you know, more available to see online, the, mm-hmm. the groundswell of emotion is a lot more readily available. What is that like for you to see any of this, of this commentary and know how you know, amazingly fans react to it? Like, what is that like for you personally? I, I get goosebumps to be to be honest with you. It's it's really it's very humbling, and and but it's it's exciting and and to know that as a fan and as a trailer editor that I'm getting someone excited about something that I'm excited about is is a really great feeling and um, it's it's otherworldly sometimes. I, I was at celebration uh, in or in Anaheim and the trailer got a standing ovation and it was, it was phenomenal because when you, when you cut a trailer, if you're a theatrical trailer editor, you don't always see your trailer in a theater when it's played for a live audience for people that are specifically there to, to see that footage. It's, it's, I can't even put it into words how, how exciting it is to see that. And it's, like I said, it's just super humbling, and I'm really grateful that, that people appreciate the, the work. And, and if it wasn't for the amazing visuals and content that I get to work with, you know, it, you know I'm, I'm always thankful for the, the Rebels crew and, and the Clone Wars crew for giving me awesome stuff to work with. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty fantastic, and especially seeing some of the, the, the video reactions. Like you were saying, there's some people who are videotaping their reactions, and to see some of those is just is really a lot of fun. There's a couple guys in England that were going crazy. That was a lot of fun to see that. <laughs> well, but I, Kevin, I guess in a very simple sense, at least I know I'm doing something right. If, yes. If, 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 if it's not just me and, and the folks here at work getting excited about it, and it's, 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 it's Joe and Jane public out there getting, you know, losing their minds over it, then that's, that's a great feeling. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, even just hearing you talk about it, I actually started getting emotional for you. I mean, you know, to, to think of what it must have been like to hear people exclaiming like that and for you to be in the room hearing that, oh gosh, that must have been such an overwhelmingly wonderful experience. I'm very happy that you got to have that experience. Well, thank Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, especially because I was with my family and my wife is a huge, I mean, a huge Captain Rex fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, I couldn't tell her anything that was going on in the season. So when the tra- the trailer sort of comes to a stop and, and you hear, you know, my name's Captain Rex, I mean, and the place just went bonkers. 
And my wife just yeah, let out a huge cheer, and my daughter's elbowing me in the side because she's excited, and you know, it was it was really cool. And you'd kept that secret from her for a while, I presume, then too. Yes, I really love my job here, so I kept it yeah. secret. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, I mean, she's, she's worked there, so I'm sure she understands, and yet I'm sure there was probably a moment of, like, how could you not tell me? <laughs> right. But I think, I think, I think if, you had, if you had known that that character was showing up, that whole moment would have just been, eh, that's great, but we already knew that. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Uh, so, yeah, there's a certain thing called a non-disclosure agreement that I live by, so... Mm-hmm. No I've way signed a few of them in my time also. Yep. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, again, you have been so tremendously generous with your time. I just want to say thank you so much, Kevin, for being a guest on Star Wars 7x7, and thank you for all the insights that you shared into your process. And I know that you know my listeners and I are all looking forward to seeing what your next work on Star Wars will be. So thank you again very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on the podcast. Well, great. Thanks for having me. And uh, anytime, anytime you got questions, just, just give me a shout. And there you go. That is my conversation with Kevin Yo, senior editor at Lucasfilm, about trailer building in general and the Rebel Season 3 mid-season trailer in specific. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this walk down memory lane, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.